And this podcast is brought to you by the Upgraded CTP Dashboard, for which if you go to cptdashboard.com, click Upgraded Dashboard, get your one free month. This is not financial advice. And for all disclaimers and contact information, head over to my website, cptdashboard.com. And while you're there, sign up for the free Covered Call newsletter. Now, without further ado, let's introduce the star of the show, Mr. CPT himself, John Greathouse, with this week's Covered Call podcast. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the number one Covered Call podcast on the planet. Yeah, that's right. We've been doing podcasts for years. Absolutely love it that we're going to make this a part of the weekly content. I'll tell you what, I absolutely love it. We're on YouTube. We're now podcasting. We're absolutely going to be doing speaking engagements. And of course, my boot camps are coming. Now, podcasts are meant to be loose. I'm going to have three topics and each topic is going to be about 10 minutes each. Now, here's the deal. We're not going to have much lead in because I'm already running out of time. I know a lot of you actually are traveling or you're in your car and you'll listen to one of my videos. Well, now we're going to do a podcast where I'm not going to look at the screen, right? I'm literally looking at this mic because I have to talk to you, present this to you as if you don't see the numbers, right? If you've been watching my channel on YouTube, you know, I love to talk about the numbers. I draw pictures. I, I do all kinds of things, assuming you're watching the video. Well, with these podcasts, I can't assume that. So we're totally going to act as if you can't see. For some of you, this might be a little bit of a separation from what I usually do on YouTube, but you're going to love it because this is going to be much looser and I am absolutely going to just uh, give you exactly what you're looking for. And I know what you're looking for. You guys tell me all the time. So let's go ahead and get to this. Subscribe to this podcast. Come on, let's get this sucker going. We are going to talk about everything related to selling premium, everything that has to do with writing covered calls, selling cash secure puts, the poor man's covered call. And we're going to talk about retirement, right? We are 45, 55, 65. We're in retirement, man. We have bills to pay. When you're 45 and 55, you're starting to get into that mode where retirement's now an issue, right? You're wondering if you set yourself up right. And if you haven't, what can you do to help you bridge the income gap? Well, being retired myself, 55 years old, on my birthday, at 55, I retired from the nine to five, 30 years. And I'll tell you, absolutely love transitioning right into being a professional stock trader. That's really what I have. You know, I have my membership, you know, I have all these other spinning plates, but at the end of the day, it's all about me being a professional stock trader. That's what I do, man. I uh, absolutely use the stock market to generate my income. Uh, now I have been blessed where I work with a company that had a uh, savings plan and I do get a monthly check. I do have a 401k. So a lot of those things have been put into place for me where I'm able to now do what I want to do. So for you out there, you're 35, 45, 55, you're now ramping up and you are now staring down at the barrel of, will you have enough money in retirement? Can you live the kind of life you want in retirement? Because I'll tell you what, man, those bills are relentless. Relentless. So let's go ahead and talk about these three topics today. We're going to talk about writing a covered call with dividend capture. I'm going to give you the overview of that. You can always go to YouTube and search this under my channel, okay? You go to YouTube, you search core position trading. If you search 
covered call with dividend capture. You'll see the videos I've done on this. I love this strategy because what we're going to try to do is buy shares, collect the dividend, and also write a covered call and have our shares taken away. So that's going to be topic number one. Topic number two, we're going to talk about why we would buy back an option. A lot of people, a lot of people criticize me saying, look, man, you buy your options back too frequently. You don't let them go to expiration. You never collect max value. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you why you should buy them back. And it's going to be focused on one word. And if you've been with me, you know what that one word is. I'm an opportunist. So we're going to talk about that. And then finally, the third topic of the day is why limit orders when placing our trades. Okay, we're going to negotiate our price with the market maker. I do not use anything but limit orders. And I'm going to tell you why limit orders absolutely needs to be your number one choice when you're placing a cover call trade. Whether you're placing the trade or you're buying it back, limit orders. All right, so let's go ahead and get to this. We're already running out of time on our first topic, but that's all right. This one's easy. If you write covered calls, if you love dividend capture, you can bring these two strategies together. Now, what you have to do is this, and, and I'm not going to sell you here, but you know my dashboard, my dividend dashboard with the premium stocks that are having their dividends in the next 10 days, usually that list is about 300 to 400 stocks. Now, what we love to do is go into the dividend dashboard, and uh, we love to sort based on the price of the dividend. You know, I'd love to collect a dollar dividend. And then what we look to do is buy that stock. Now, what we want to do is take advantage, take advantage of the stock's possible movement into the dividend. This is a real thing, okay? So if you look at great stocks like uh, 3M, Merck, Verizon, all these stocks pay great dividends. So Wall Street loves to come back. They're relatively conservative plays, so they're not going to absolutely fall off the table or blow off the charts, right? So Wall Street loves that consistency. So they'll slip in, right? Like thieves in the night, man. They slip in about two weeks before that next date, right? And the stock is down. And what they love to do is come in and start buying the shares. And they start buying it. It happens. And in fact, there's many videos on YouTube where they talk about the dividend run-up. So I'm going to play it, right? I'm not going to pet the cat backwards, right? I'm going to go with the flow. And that's what we're going to do. So about two weeks before, I love to start looking at those stocks. I love to start thinking about buying them. And then when we buy the stock, I usually love to write the two week after the X date covered call. And here's the idea. As we start to run up, and oh, by the way, I love to sell that covered call immediately. We're not going to hold the shares in case this thing goes against us and now we're stuck. No, we write that covered call immediately. That's action number one, action plan number one. Number two, we pick that four-week, right? It's a four-week cover call. Pick that expiration that's two weeks after the X date. And what we're looking to do is do an in-the-money. Try to do an in-the-money strike. We want our shares taken away. Here's the deal. If you sell the in-the-money strike, think of this. You sell the in-the-money strike. They're going to take your shares if the stock is going to move higher. You're going to collect 1% maybe 2%, depending, right? That is 1%, 2% in two weeks. I mean, you're absolutely killing the markets. Now, that's what I love to do. Have my shares taken away in two weeks. We don't collect the dividend, but we get that fat covered call, cash on cash percentage gain for two weeks. But if we want that dividend, now what we have to do is we sell that out of the money strike. So I'll give an example. Say we're buying a stock 
it's $100. And we know the dividend's coming in two weeks. What I'll do is write that 105 out of the money strike, letting somebody take my shares away from me at 105. And now as the stock makes that little bit of a dividend move, I'm hoping I don't have my shares taken away, meaning the shares are not above 105. And now after the dividend is distributed, that money comes out of the stock, but there might be some positive momentum where over the next two weeks, the stock does get over 105 and they do take my shares, making max profit. I absolutely love doing it. It works more than you would think, okay? Now, what I'll tell you is this, a lot of times you'll have your shares taken away. And why would you have your shares taken away? I'm gonna end you on this. And again, research, cover call writing, dividend capture. We do this all the time. I send this to my members all the time when I have one on my radar. This is when a call buyer, they would buy your shares, okay? This is when they would. When they pay you, right? They're gonna pay you that cover call premium. Now, if the stock is above the strike price, 105 in this example, and they've cleared the covered call premium, they become profitable, right? When they're doing the math, right? They put all the money on the table. It becomes a profitable deal. They have paid you X amount for the cover call premium. And now the stock is trading such that they have picked up that premium or they have made it back in the stock price. So they'll take your shares, collect the dividend. They sell the shares immediately. They move on. That's why you'll have your shares taken away. Well, what's beautiful for us is we make all that fat money, that beautiful cover call premium, making one to 2% in two weeks, killing the stock market. That's topic number one here on this podcast. Absolutely love it, man. It's running at a beatneck pace here. Let's talk about why we would buy back a covered call option. Now, for a lot of people, they are not digging this idea. But for me, I love it. I love it because I am more active. There's some people out there that will literally buy a stock. They'll write a 30-day covered call, collect the premium, and boom, they're on vacation. Right? They go away. They come back. 30 days later to see where the trade ended up. And I get that. And to be honest with you, I'd probably make more money if I did that. But here's the deal. I think of one word, and this is what I want you to think about when there's an opportunity to make some money, okay? Making money means what? You have written a covered call, the stock has not gone your way, and it is starting to peel off, and it's starting to fall, right? So your covered call for which, let's say you got three bucks, right? It is now fallen to one buck. And it's only one week into the contract. You literally have over 21 days, maybe even 20, 22, 23 days to make back a buck. You've made three bucks. The stock's now trading for a buck. Let's go ahead and buy that option back. You pay the $1, but see, now you have time. See, now you've made two bucks. Now you have time. So what we do now is we look to immediately roll it for another credit. And what you try to do is run the numbers where you make a little bit more than, let's say, the $1 you gave up. So what you're going to do is push out. So now you're going to have to roll down. They call that rolling down because the stock has moved down. You're rolling down and rolling out. So when you roll out, you're pushing out in one week uh, or two weeks. Here's my number one rule. I absolutely love it. I do it without even thinking, man. If within the first week, two weeks, my option falls 50%, and what I mean by that is, let's say I own that stock at 100, I write the 105, I got three bucks. Within the first week, the stock falls from 100, it goes to 95. My covered call premium of three bucks falls 
less than 150, okay? So now the option has fallen 50%. I'm gonna go ahead and close that trade. I'm gonna go ahead and pay back whatever the option costs. I pocket the difference and now I own my shares. Yes, I own my shares for less, but now what we're gonna do is roll down and out, okay? We're gonna go ahead, the stock is lower, so we're gonna roll down. We have to, right? We're gonna to try to use our stock purchase price as the next strike price. Remember I said we bought them at 100 and we used the 105? Well, in this case, we can't. So the stock's now trading at 95. We're gonna then write that second covered call using the 100 strike. The first two trades, if we're lucky, we can get those kind of trades where the first one, we own the shares, we write the covered call, the out of the money strike from 100 to 105. It falls, it goes against us. Now, we're gonna go ahead and write another covered call, but this time we're gonna roll down and out and we're gonna use the stock purchase price as our strike price, having our shares taken away. I do this all the time. In fact, I just did a video where we talked about Alibaba. I did an Alibaba cash secure put. I'm probably gonna be assigned the shares at 84. Now, if I'm not, that's fine. But at 84, if I'm assigned the shares, I got 250 up front. What I'm gonna to look to do is use the 84 strike, that's my cost basis, to then write a 30-day covered call, making nothing on the shares. Yet, when you do the math, I made $6.50. That's what we're looking to do when we sell premium. See, when we sell premium, a stock can literally move nowhere, yet you knock it down. So remember, when we look to buy back our options, we wanna have a plan, we execute the plan. And for me, I'm a little more active. This is admittedly so. I love to buy them back and find that next credit. I always love putting money on the table, man. This is my new motto. And I've, I've really been uh, thinking about this. Wall Street loves suckers and suckers leave money on the table. That's not me anymore. I'm gonna go ahead and take that profit off the board. Even though it's not max profit, I'm gonna take it. Why would I not take it? I know you're asking that question. Well, sometimes it's so bad, you just let it go. I mean, there are some situations where time, right? We're now not one week, we're not two weeks, we're three weeks in. So all we have to do is wait another week to collect max profit. So that's what we're gonna do. A lot of times that's what I'll do. Uh, if I don't buy back an option, yet it has fallen, well, it's probably because of time. We're now three weeks in, I'm just gonna let it go. And usually on the final day, Friday, where there's no time value left in that option, I'll buy it back for a penny, two pennies, and then we have time. It's Friday afternoon versus Monday, right? Because that trade expires on Friday. You won't have any action on that stock till Monday. So I'll buy it back for one penny, two penny, and then I can write a covered call on that Friday looking to take advantage of what? Say it with me, time. It's all about time, man. And because time is money, I absolutely love using that strategy. Topic number three, we're gonna talk about something here, limit orders. This absolutely has to be one of the biggest, biggest issues I have with options. See, options are not real time for the most part, whereas stocks can be real time. Options are not, man. You literally have buyers and sellers sitting out there. They basically say to the greater stock market, I will do this option, right? I'll buy this option, I'll sell this option, and it sits there in the market maker's queue. There isn't much volume. Yes, you'd like volume, and the bigger the stocks, there's volume. But when you're using smaller stocks, there's not as much option activity 
And some of your strike prices and expirations just may be dried up. It may not be a part of a month that people want to be a part of, but you want it. So what do we do? We go to the options chain. We bring up a covered call or a cash secure put we're willing to, uh, we're willing to do. And we find there's absolutely not much open interest. Now we love to have over a hundred people sitting there as open interest. Open interest basically defined are people out there. They've already placed their order. And now the market maker is going to come in and uh, the market maker is going to bring together buyers and sellers. So those are static results that you see in the option chain. So this is what I hate. Say I'm playing a stock and the options, the spreads are so wide. I'll give you an example. This is an exaggeration. But let's say the bid, mid, and ask. The bid is $1. The mid is $2 and the ask is $3. Well, we're writing a covered call, so we would love to get $3, right? If we go in and just do a market order, what's going to happen is that market maker is going to come in and pay you the bid, right? They're going to come in and pay you the $1 and you're going to feel gypped, man. No, we don't do that. We always, always start our trades with a limit order and you always select the ask. Ask for the three bucks. It'll sit there as an open order, not filled. Now what you do is you dial it down. You dial it down. You come in and say, okay, I'll take 250. Refresh. What you're going to notice all of a sudden the bid ask spreads are going to get tighter, right? Because those static orders are starting to flush out as you're bringing down your ask. Hey, you may end up getting two bucks. You may get a buck 50. You got to work it. What you can't do is just say, give me a market order and get the one buck because most of the time you might be able to get that mid. Everything I talk about on YouTube is the mid because generally we can get the mid. Now in my example of one, two, three bid ass spread, that's absurd, but I've seen them that big. And I'll tell you what, many times, many times, if you hit market, you're going to get stuck with about a $1 covered call premium. And you're just going to kick yourself because uh, you probably could have got two bucks. You actually could have. Remember, the market maker's trying to pit buyers and sellers, right? It's a negotiating game. And the only way you can negotiate is by setting a limit order. You're basically telling the market maker, look, man, I want three bucks for this. Well, you place a trade and it sits there. The market maker sees it. He's working it. Well, when the bid-ass spread get a little tighter, the action starts to get a little bit tighter. Next thing you know, you get your price. So I'm going to suggest you always use limit orders. Now, that's what I do all the time. I put on that limit order and I start backing it down. Same with cash secure puts. I will want big money for my puts, man. I, I want big money for the money I'm about to put up for this trade. So I want to pay, I want to get paid max value. So I will put in that offer and then just let it sit there. I'll dial it down. I'll dial it down. I'll dial it down. And we get to the mid. And now that's where I want to be. I want to be at the mid and I'm just going to let it sit there. And to be honest with you, I may even cancel the trade. I'm not going to take the ask because generally, unless the bid ask spreads are like 10 cents, only then will I ever, ever do a market. Now let's talk about why I would do a market and how I do a market. This is very important. Say I'm trying to get something, right? Say, for example, I'm there, you know, I want that $3 and the bid ask spread is like a nickel, right? Okay. So now I'm just being, I don't know, greedy. I want that nickel, right? What I've noticed is I'm sitting there watching my bid, right? I'm watching my price. And when I refresh, 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 sometimes 
the, the price I'm willing to pay becomes the bid. And sometimes the bid even jumps higher than the price I'm willing to pay. The market maker has not pit buyers and sellers. And a lot of times that's because I said all or none. And that's where the market maker will not take my trade. That market maker will pass me up because say I want 10 contracts and he only has eight. Guess what? He can't do me. He goes to the next one. And of course, prices are moving. The only time I'll do a market order is when I believe that bid, right? The lowest price, the lowest price is tight to the mid. Give an example. Say we're talking eh, $2.95 for the bid, $3 for the mid, and $3.05 for the ask. If I can't get my mid and I see that that bid, that $2.95 is just hanging, right? It's hanging, it's strong. There's 30, there's 40, there's 50 open interest. Maybe it jumps to 100. I'm refreshing, I'm refreshing. That's when I feel comfortable to do a market. And generally, generally, you'll get a better price. Believe it or not. I've seen uh, market orders give me an additional seven cents, even more than the mid. I'm asking for the mid, man. Give me, give me that uh, $3 for the mid. And uh, I end up hitting the market, hoping to get 295. Boom, I get 302. What I'm gonna tell you is this. The thing to be worried about when we're talking limit orders is the stale, static order sitting there. It's not real time. Your very first trade should be a limit order. Pick that ask, hit it. Let it refresh, then start to back down, then do what you have to do. If you have to do market, you have to do market. But so many times, man, when I was a newbie trading, I would hit that market and uh, yeah, I'd end up getting much less than the mid. And then I'd go on YouTube and they'd say, hey, always do the mid. And I feel like I was uh, gypped, but we don't do that anymore. That's what makes a good covered call writer a great covered call writer. Hey, look, this one is in the bag. We're absolutely going to do these podcasts. And uh, hey, we're going to have three topics. We're going to talk about it just like this, very candidly. You noticed I did not, did not talk about a chart or reference something you could not see. I can't wait to go back and listen to this myself. I love getting jacked up anytime we're talking monthly cash flow using the selling premium strategy. Hey, look, what I want you to do is this. If you're interested in my upgraded CTP dashboard membership and everything that comes with it, we've got the real-time trades. We got the trade alerts. We got the see in the world through my eyes emails. We got the videos, man. Money Monday videos. I do all those follow-up videos. The poor man's cover call videos are awesome because I do all the legwork for you. And a lot of times I put those trades on myself. There's so much coming from the channel and here at the podcast. I want you to subscribe and I want you to let people know, man, share that there's some cat out there just like you. Six and seven years ago, I was just like you. Did not know nickel one about the selling premium strategy. Yet here I am. This year, this past month, I crossed $500,000 selling premium. And if you know the selling premium strategy, then you know that's pretty damn impressive. But look, we haven't even begun. Absolutely looking forward to this podcast. I want you to, hell, I don't even know how podcasts work. You, you could comment below. I, I don't even know, man. Is it like YouTube? We're about to find out. And look, I hope you enjoyed it. I absolutely wish you the best in trading. And hey, look, be safe, be healthy. Most important, be lucky. Until next time, may all your covered calls be profitable. Let me show you my eyes. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's free Cover Call podcast. We'll be back next week talking more about how to generate monthly cash flow using Covered Call Writing. Hey, look, subscribe and do me a favor. Share. Tell everyone there's some cat on the internet talking the good word of the Covered Call. Until next week, may all your Covered Calls be profitable.